What's up, you nerds? <laughs> That's not very nice, What's up, Max? Yeah. What's up, dude? Welcome to another episode of the Suited Kings podcast. Today, we're going to do part two of our story. Um, we're going to hear mostly from Max today about his entire poker journey, what the game means to him, what he loves about it, um, learn some new things. I'm sure I'll learn some new things about I love about making him. money. Yeah. I like making money too. <laughs> sometimes, is, yeah. sometimes it doesn't do that though. Yeah, but. it's not always. It's not o- the only thing I love about it, but that's the main thing I think. Yeah, making other people sad. I like when other people <laughs> lose money. That's what I like. Are you, are you, <laughs> Wes, I think you might be a bad person. <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. I know. So we're just having fun here, anyways. Yeah. Round two of our poker store. Looking forward to getting to that. But before we do, Wes, um, the Winter Poker Classic has started at Canterbury this week. I think the tag team event is tonight. Oh, it is. I'm going to be sitting it out because, you know, when you get old, you get injured um, by sleeping, apparently. Yeah, what is that thing on your shoulder? (laughs) You're walking like an old man today. I have a a heated rice bag over my shoulder because my neck is, like, strained or something. I don't know. I can barely turn my head, though, so... I'm gonna just gonna sit this one out tonight. And let you and Carney ship it. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, I don't know if you saw in our Discord group, but someone was saying like, "Oh, I can't wait to see what you guys are gonna be wearing." And I said, "You'll see it in the winner's photo." And yeah. then someone else came in and said, "Well, that's interesting. I just looked at your Hendon mob, and you've never even final tabled a tag team event." So <laughs> <laughs> good for them. I, yeah, I like that. I, uh, Daniel Kennedy, I think okay. you said that. You guys go back us up in our Discord channel if, if unless you're Daniel Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> go hop in the Discord channel. You can find a link to it on my Twitter. Um still, you know, that thing's been popping off, but every th- day we have great hand discussions, great general poker discussions. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet community. It's growing and it's where we want it to be going in the direction, you know what I mean? So super happy about that. Um what else are you playing besides the tag team Wes? Uh so I'll be playing the mystery bounty. Okay. I will be playing the multi-day. There's a multi-day 400, early, like Monday through Wednesday. Okay, hopefully next time we have a conversation, one of us will be hoisting that uh, trophy. Yeah, and or then you'll be taking it. pictures of me doing it. So, <laughs> um, and then I wouldn't mind that, actually. Yeah, that's fair. Because we'll probably swap a little. Yeah, I guess we will. Okay. We will. Speaking of swap, I think I owe you money from the Adelaide. That's right, you do. <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> All right, all right. I, I mean, uh, so, you know, I, I've been hitting the oh, casino and, a lot, and I'm yeah. kind of broke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I put it all in black. Yeah, it's all over. It's all over. <laughs> is that what the for sale sign is in front of your house? Is that's why? Uh, no, it's not a for sale sign. It's a foreclosure sign. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> it's, it's that bad. Well, um, yeah, maybe I'll just free roll you a few percent to my tournament just out of... Uh, I'd, so, pre- I'd appreciate that, considering I didn't have a chunk of your uh, Gladiator glad. or your Fall Poker ma- uh, Classic main wins. Yeah, that's true. Anyways. I, yeah, that's true. Go I'm going to be playing the same thing as you. I'm going to be firing up, um, not the tag team tonight. I'm sitting that one out. I'm going to, tomorrow I'm going to play, on Thursday, I'm going to play the um, the Mystery Bounty. Uh, so I'm going to take a listen to our mi- Mystery Bounty episode before I, you know, on my way there. Just get refresher, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, and, if, and you know, I, you guys should be listening to this the on day 1A of that event. 
Uh, just so you know, if you haven't listened to it yet, or even if you have, go and check out our Mystery Bounty Strategy episode. We put out maybe a few months back, right before the Running Aces MSPT Mystery Bounty, um, a lot of good nuggets in there to help you uh, make a good run in that event. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I remember is just kind of close your eyes and go all in on the first hand, and it should work out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you I did say that. I think I did that. I no, don't I think did. you actually I did. I didn't do yeah. that either. Wes, I'm so happy to be back in the studio with you having a, a face-to-face conversation. I feel like it's been a few episodes, so... It has. Happy to be back here. Should we get into it? Yeah. I'll, also, to end that last part, I'm also playing the main event. Okay. I, I don't know if I mentioned that. But okay, yeah. I suppose that's important. I actually will not be playing that because then I will be actually going out to Reno for a little snowboarding trip myself. Hopefully, my neck is recovered by then because right now I look like a damn robot. Uh, you know, I mean, there's no head on a It's swivel. like I'm looking in a mirror right now. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I like where you took that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully you can t- ship the main while I'm gone. I feel like I should. Yeah. Yeah. You do, I mean, historically over the past year, you've done pretty dang well at Canterbury Mains. I did, uh, yeah, last year I got third in this mystery bounty this weekend and fourth in the main event, which was 1,100 last year, 800 this year. Um, what, did, what was that? What did you score there? 32K for that one. Nice. So what about the mystery bounty? I was like 12. Just is 11.9, I think. That's and a I, pretty good series. It was. I only got one bounty, and I knocked out the person who was in fourth place. Um, but, you know, it was a good run. And then, yeah, obviously second in the, the Fall Poker Classic main. Um, that was... Yeah, last we year. weren't talking about the fall pork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking about Canterbury last year. Oh, I suppose and you're right. Okay, you're right. You're that right. And, Canterbury and went well last. Year. Year. Yeah. yeah. So you have crushed it at Canterbury. I actually, um, I've not done well at Canterbury in, in, in quite a while, or at least had a decent score there. It's been a minute, but I mean, to be honest with you, my volume isn't high there. I play there maybe maybe like three times a year now. Maybe something like that. But anyways, going back to my winter poker classic, not that you asked <laughs> 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 last year. Um, Actually, you made was, a pretty deep run, didn't you? Yeah, it was actually really <laughs> deep. Um, I was on a cruise uh, during the entire series. I came back from the cruise um, and maximum late regged the main event, the only event I got to play, <clears throat> and ended up busting firsthand. Yeah, that's right. I remember you weren't there for the mystery bounty. Yeah, yeah. So I had pocket jacks. I opened it. I think I got three bet, called it off because um, I was short, obviously, because I max late regged, and we lost. So that was a fun event. Got home from the trip, which was incredible. Went and fired that, busted, came home, and got back on the grind. So Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I think now we can kind of transition into this episode, which is going to be part two of our story. Yeah. Um, today we're going to hear a lot about your poker story, how you got into it, how you got better, what you love about the game, what it means to you, um, maybe some some downsides of it too. Oh, kind of, there's there's plenty of those. There's plenty. Ones. There has to be. I'm not everybody runs as pure as you do, and you're a star. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, should I just get into it? Let's just get into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, trying to think about where to start. I will. Uh, let's go back to when I was like seven or eight years old. It's probably like 1994, 1995. Yeah, um, I was born in '94. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were born in like 2008 or something. Hey, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I was close. And anyways, my dad was a my dad is actually a professional bowler for a long time, and now he's retired. But he uh, would bowl in three different leagues a week, so I would attend 
um, each night with them. I, I spent a lot of time growing up in bowling alley arcades, actually. That's like, pretty cool. Uh, NFL Blitz champion, bro. Like, come at me. I played the crap out of that game. Uh, a ton of different arcade games. But anyways, on Friday nights, my dad would bowl at a place called Falcon Bowl. Falcon Bowl. I believe this was in St. Paul. It's off Snelling, if I remember correctly, or was. I don't believe it's actually a bowling alley anymore. But okay. he would bowl Friday nights, and then I would sit at the arcade. And then after they were done bowling, my dad... Uh, and his friends would go into this back room, and they would actually play uh, poker. It was a dimly lit room. It's pretty sick. They'd be smoking stogies, drinking alcohol. Could I just say this sounds like the exact sort of stereotype of what people think of when they think of poker? You know, it does. It's- it does. And you know, one thing I kind of want to add to that is a lot of people hate like the smell of cigarettes, and myself included. Right? Like it gets gross now, especially since I'm not around all the time. But when I see like a dimly lit room that kind of smells like cigarettes, I get this big feeling of nostalgia. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Not for it's, that specific. Yeah, for that specific reason, it just kind of reminds me of my childhood. It's disgusting, but it, it, there's something kind of cool about it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that I, they would let me sit at the table occasionally and, and sling some cards around. Um, they would gamble for money. Obviously, I didn't. Yeah, but there's always been a little bit of gamble in my family history. So. That's kind of where I was introduced to the game. Past that, I didn't really have a big history with playing poker. Uh, not much, at least. My dad did play online pre-Black Friday. He would play sit-and-goes. He was a sit-and-go grinder. Play him almost every night, honestly, mm-hmm. which is super cool. So I got tangled into that. But uh, in 2003, when Chris Moneymaker won the World Series of Poker main event, I was, I believe, a sophomore in high school. I graduated in 05. So yeah, that makes sense. A friend of mine named Tristan uh, hosted a home game. Nobody knew what the heck was going on. There's probably like 15 to 18 of us in his basement. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what the result of that game was, but it was the first tournament I ever actually played, which was super cool. That was my first like actual time sitting down. We had all the friends in the basement. And then I think we only did that once or twice, right? But I caught some sort of like bug from that point, I always had a desire to play poker. And I remember I wasn't quite 18 yet, but there was all these bars around my house that provided free bar poker almost every single night of the week. Yeah. I, would, I wasn't able to play them, but once I turned 18, I ended up playing at this place called Pavlitsky's. Um, they would have poker five nights a week and two sessions. I think it was like 7, 9 p.m. you could play. And they were just weird turbo tournaments, live tournaments. My friend Nelson and I, still one of my best friends to this day, he actually doesn't play poker anymore, but that's kind of where we would cut our chops. You'd go there five nights a week and you could win either like 50 bucks for first place or a $25 gift card for second place. Yeah, well, it, you know, I it, this reminds me of like when I first started out and winning that kind of money, you know, even back like back then I was when you're broke. younger. Yeah, like it, 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 it's fun and, you know, it, it's it means a little something. It's some spending money or whatever like when you're not used to winning money for doing a game yeah no you know um i you know i probably did that for a couple of years yeah before i kind of burned out on it i'm i don't remember how many times i won it was a handful of times i'll tell you one thing while i did get a lot of experience seeing the cards and kind of experiencing how to play and getting you know seeing reactions from players and kind of internalizing that kind of stuff i really didn't get better from playing bar poker mm-hmm. um there wasn't really anyone good that I was learning from at the time. I didn't know any concepts. I'd just be like, I have a flush draw. I'm all in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there wasn't, it was, it, it was as thin as that, right? Or as shallow as that. There wasn't much beyond that. Yes. And it didn't change. That didn't really change. Um, I'd say until, well, 
I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that changed more so after 2010. Mm-hmm. I did have a little bit of a history before that, though. I played a lot of poker as a bad poker player. <laughs> you know, everyone's got to, though, right? Yeah, I think me a little bit more than you, though. Um, but I think also when I was playing at that time, it was before like anyone was actually really good or had theoretical knowledge of how to play the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was no GTO. There was nothing like that to study. It was just talk about it with your friends and... yeah. Play patient was like the best strategy you could have in a tournament. Yeah, that's so cool because there it, it's cool to hear about, you know, back in the days when there weren't those sort of tools. And, yeah. And and the game was so it was such a mystery, even even to good players in a way. Yeah. And you know, I, I still loved it. I still loved playing all the time. Me and my friend Alex or Nelson as I called him. So that kind of died down. However, my dad was still playing a ton of Syngos at that time on full tilt. I remember sweating him. There's a seven-step, uh, a seven-step sit and go thing where if you made it through all seven, if you could win like seven sit and goes in a row, uh, you would get a World Series of Poker 10k main event seat plus travel money, so like twelve thousand five hundred dollars worth of money. Pretty cool. Yeah, and so you get to like seat five, and then if you lost, you go back down to four, right? So you didn't actually actually have to win all of them in a row. Oh. Yeah. So it was like a ladder. Kind of, yeah. you get knocked down if you didn't do it. Um, and mm-hmm. some of those you could just buy into. You just have to pay more money. You could buy into like level four or level five, right? Right. And then I think to buy into level seven was over a thousand or even more. It makes sense. Even more, right? Yeah. So anyways, my dad worked his way all the way up from, I think, $5. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got to the seventh, the seventh uh, sit and go. And on his first try, shipped the damn thing. That's and, amazing. Yeah, and I was so pumped. I was like, oh my gosh, you can win a lot of money playing online poker, right? He ended up taking the cash out option for like 10 grand straight and just put into his account, which was really cool. Yeah, it's probably the smart thing to do, but it doesn't have the same sort of uh, thrill to it. Right, no, definitely not. I didn't care either way. It wasn't my money. It wasn't you. <laughs> yeah, but my dad actually let me uh, play on his account, which is now heavily frowned upon, I believe. Yeah. I didn't know as a young gun. I mean, it was 18 to 20. We were just, it was the Wild West back then. So he's like, hey, I'm going to bed. Here's a $5 tournament if you want to enter it, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, heck yeah, I wanna, I'll want to. i stay up all night and play this thing. So I ended up entering that, and I won it for like $1,200. Yeah. And this was my first score ever. Yeah. And so just to clarify, even though this was his account, was this your money that he... Did he say you get to keep the money if you win? I get to keep the money, right, nice, right. Nice. So, yeah, I didn't have an account at the time. I, I'm trying to think. You know, I might get some of these years mixed up. If I was 18 or not, I don't recall, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Um, so I hit that $1,200 score, and he let me cash it out. Nice. So I was super excited about that. I finally had – I mean, I was – I had – I didn't have $1,200 to my name back then, you know what sure. I mean? So that was a big deal for me. Um, but not long after Black Friday happened – I'd suppose, let's see, 2010, I think April 2010 is when Black 20, Friday? 2011. Uh, 2011, yeah. right, right. So actually by that point I had created an account. I didn't run it up to millions like a lot of people claim they did. Who knows, right? Yeah. I remember talking to a lot of people like, oh, I had hundreds of thousands on full tilt and then I lost it all. I think I probably had a few hundred dollars on there or sure. something. That all got taken away from me, not a big deal. But then I found Running Aces. Yep. And to those who aren't local to Minnesota, Running Aces is a local card room casino. It doesn't have like slots or anything like that. It's strictly right. a card room and a harness track. So they do horse racing and stuff like that. 
<clears throat> yeah, I ended up firing like a $150 tournament in 2011 or something like that. And at this time, I was working as a, uh, a PCA at a group home. So I would work overnights. Yeah. And I was absolutely obsessed with poker at this time. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but we'll get back to that running aces $150 tournament in a minute. Okay. Okay. Backtracking here a little bit. I worked at this group home and I would do overnights. So I'd get paid to sleep at night. But instead of sleeping, I would sit up all night and watch Jason Somerville, otherwise known as Jay Carver on Twitch. He was the first poker streamer from my knowledge or to my knowledge. And he was so good at explaining the game and teaching these different concepts while he would play. So that's where I learned, you know, all these different things, even like sea betting. I didn't even barely know what that was in 2010. You were probably doing it sometimes. I would always do it, right? But yeah. I didn't know the names of these concepts. I didn't really read books at this point. But he got me locked into the game and the actual, you know, the thinking behind it. Mm-hmm. At that point forward, I ended up buying a bunch of different books. I remember I bought Daniel Negreanu's Poker Tips book. I don't know. I got like 14 books right back there. But I ended up buying a bunch of books and studying. Went to Running Aces played a $150 tournament and won that for, I chopped it three ways or something for like 2,300 bucks. It's a good feeling. Man, working at a, you know, as a PCA, you don't make a ton of money. Right. But even more so now at this point, I was passionate. I was falling in love. I would go home from work, whatever job I was working, you know, if it was either the group home or what, and I was still living with my parents at this time. I would watch every single episode of the WPT Possible Every single night. I would fall asleep to it every night. I wouldn't say it necessarily made me a better player, but I just got to see what a lot of really good players were doing, even though like 90% of that show was like Royal Flush Girls dancing. And then like, <laughs> was it? yeah, like 10% of the show was hands. Oh, okay. And then most of it was just entertainment type stuff. Yeah. So you didn't really get to see much other than the entertainment stuff. But it, it sort of fed your... It did though. Like I'd see these poker stars and they're famous and I'm like, man, I want to make a ton of money and be a poker star. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was super cool. So that was kind of my goal at that point in my life. Um, I kept grinding from 2011 all the way up until like 2014, kind of getting better, but not really. In 2014, I ended up getting out of a long-term relationship and started playing poker full-time. Yeah. Like when you say full-time, do you mean that was like what you did or or you just played a lot more? I never have strictly played poker only as my, it, it, as my profession. Okay. Yeah. I've always had side jobs or full, you know, a full-time job for that matter. A job and poker's been sort of a, a semi-professional, like at, at, th- at this point, I would say you consider yourself like semi-professional. Right. So what is a professional, right? In my eyes, what a professional player is, is someone who makes a successful living only doing that. Correct. Only playing poker, right? Um, I think I play poker on a professional level. However, I'm not the type of person to do one thing. As many of you who actually know me um, outside of this podcast or in person, I'm... I'm all over the place. Yeah. Uh, my, my main profession is a realtor. I started that in 2014 as well, got licensed. Mm-hmm. Both my parents have been realtors my entire life. So that was kind of where I was going to go next in my career, right? Um, I always kind of considered playing poker full time, but I knew the variance already at that point could be bad. And I honestly wasn't even that good. So I didn't win a ton of money. Yeah. I remember playing the double stacks at running aces and crushing those for quite some time that was literally like 
you know, I bring home $800 every two weeks from my, from one of my jobs. Right. Right. But then all of a sudden I have 10 K in my pocket from winning double stack. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the ratio of money you can win. Yeah. Insane. Obviously you have, you know, the losses too. You know, in my early twenties leading up to my late twenties, I wasn't very responsible with money though. Sure. Um, it, there was a big learning curve for me there. I just, uh, I wasn't taught it very well. Like it wasn't something that was implemented or taught to me at a young age. So I kind of had to learn it the hard way, mm-hmm. but I always did want to be successful. And I knew that that was a step I had to take. So I ended up going busto with my, you know, 10 K bankroll as a young 22 year old kid, just firing whatever, like, Oh, MSPT is coming up. Let's fire three bullets. Yeah. <laughs> Let's fire three bullets at that. Yeah. Um, you learn the hard way sometimes. So I ended up playing, I think, my first MSPT in 2013 or 2014. Yeah. Um, I remember I marked on my 2013 or 2014 New Year's resolution that I wanted to win an MSPT bracelet. Yes. I don't know if many of you guys know if you haven't played in a long time or haven't played MSPTs for a long time, but MSPTs used to give out sweet bracelets instead of their now, you know, Trophies with the guy, the spade with the sunglasses and headphones that you can see right there on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty cool too. Yeah, no, I, you know, it was kind of like the World Series, though, right? So I wanted to win win that bracelet. So I put on my New Year's resolution, um, <clears throat> and that was kind of my primary goal at the time: win an MSPT. That was the that was the end all be all, right? Even though I wanted a bracelet, that wasn't my focus at that point. So from like 2014 to 2016. I grinded as much as I could. I hit up my first World Series of Poker, uh, ended up making some good runs. I played the inaugural Monster Stack event and made day three the first time it ever happened. Was that your very first event? I feel it, like you mentioned that yeah, at some point. Yeah, so the Monster Stack 2020, uh, 2014 was my very first World Series of Poker event. It was also the inaugural Monster Stack. Mm-hmm. Deep into day two, uh, I got Aaron Johnson at my table. Yeah. Um, this is actually for those who aren't from Minnesota. Aaron Johnson's one of the well-known Minnesota crushers. He might even transcend Minnesota at this point. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people. He actually he had some accidental Twitter beef with Alan Kessler too. But <laughs> we were all there to defend him. You know, yeah, they called him a. They're like, didn't they say he like plays way too slow or something? Yeah, Alan said that. I remember we all kind of jumped on. Like, it. bro, Aaron has never ever been known for playing slow. Yeah, he thinks and it's methodical, but it's never been like beyond any sort of like line. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, so, so he was at your table at the Monster Stack. Yeah, yeah. And before I kind of go further in that, uh, this is my first summer. I had a friend, Ryan, invite me out to a house in Vegas with a bunch of poker players who I'd never met before. I'd know who they were from locally. It turns out that those players were like, and these are all Minnesota players, Aaron Johnson, Dave Gagne, um, Vlad Revniaga. Yep. Um, who else was there? Uh, anyways, yeah, I can't even remember, but we were all staying in one house together. And I finally got to like throw hands off these people that I looked up to now, right? These were the crushers, right? The Minnesota crushers. So I developed relationships with these guys, still friends with most of them to this day. Uh, you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just through poker, but that got me super pumped. Had a profitable first World Series of poker. That's good. Um, however, things weren't smooth at MSPTs immediately for me. Yes. I think I probably went like, I, I don't know the exact number. It's probably like 0-10 or 0-15 for my first however many MSPTs. I did not cash one for a long time. 
That's tough too, especially when that's like at the highest end of your buy-ins. Yeah, it was brutal. And I played a lot of satellites back then. I remember I'd have like $800 to my name and then fire like two satties <laughs> and then live off like 300 bucks for two weeks. <laughs> that's that's a feat in itself. Yeah, you know, and I was living uh, either with my girlfriend somewhere or living with a friend in a house or something like that. The good news is I wasn't married. I didn't have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have credit card debt. I thankfully didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But yeah. It was you, just, you were you were still living on the edge a bit, though. I was living on the edge a bit, and you know, those are things part of my past that it's funny to reflect on now because I'm completely different. From yeah. That now. Oh, this is a, you know, it, it, sitting here, it's funny because I've known you well for only really a year. Yeah. And I I do I do see that side. To, you know, it makes sense, but it's cool to hear because it's so different from what my poker journey is like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah, it, it has sort of a, you know, yeah, the, the living in the moment, living on the edge side of it is kind of cool. So. so that girlfriend I broke up with in 2014, 2014 yeah, uh, I chased her. To, she moved to Colorado and I chased her all the way out to Colorado. Yeah. Being a snowboarder, it was like a dream come true. I was like, I'm going to go out there and yeah. get a job. So, so you lived in Colorado for a bit. I did. In 2015, I moved out to Colorado. Okay. So you guys... Did you get back together? We got back together okay. in Colorado. Yeah, that's like, I'm like, you know, I was in, I'm in love with you. I'm going to chase you across the country, but it's Colorado and I love snowboarding. So yeah. let's go. <laughs> Win-win. Yeah, yeah. So I got out to Colorado. I got a job serving at a steakhouse immediately. I would go to Blackhawk, uh, which is the casinos in the mountains out there in Colorado. Yeah. Um, first I, place we traveled to. Yeah, it's the first place you and I traveled to. So I would play their dailies right at the same casino that MSPT runs their events at now. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that called now? I'm drawing a blank. Bally's. Bally's. Yeah. I don't know if it was called Bally's then, though. I think it was called something else. Anyways, yeah. doesn't, Anyways yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. I played a few events while I was in Colorado. Not too much poker while I was out there. Long story short, I broke back up with my girlfriend, came back home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then I started taking real estate a lot more seriously at that point. That was when I was like, I'm going to grind poker and I'm going to make money at real estate. And those are going to be my two incomes, right? Um, At the same time, I also got a job at Medtronic. Yeah. I'm seeing how the you you want to do multiple things. I see how that's coming together. I am not someone who likes to s- do one thing all day. Mm-hmm. I have so many passions and so many hobbies that I enjoy splitting my time up. As they say, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Sure. However, I think I've done some of these trades for so long and consistently now that I've reached the upper echelon of skill in them. Yeah. If, if you could put it that way. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not the greatest poker player of all time, but I find myself a very, very gr- a good poker player. Mm-hmm. Um, top skill level. Top shot. Okay, level. okay, top buddy. Uh, what else can I say? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I should just follow you when you're showing your house sometime. I'm like, is this guy really as good at everything <laughs> as he says? Oh, yeah. man. I'd actually, you know what's funny is I like showing houses. Yeah. It's, it's oh, that makes sense. Yeah, as you know, I've been doing it with my parents since I was a little kid back when they'd use like MapQuest and print out the directions. Yeah. <laughs> Going, getting sidetracked here, 2016 came. I'm now working at Medtronic. I'm now doing real estate. I'm full-time Medtronic, full-time real estate, and full-time poker. I'm yeah. a busy guy. Um, early in 2016, I played the Cheap and Deep in Canterbury, and I've never had any significant results up to this point. Yeah. But I've been chasing them hard, right? At this point, would you say you had been a winning player or you kind of like... Yeah, I would say um, definitely in the dailies a winning player. I was, yeah. I, I spent most, like, let's say between two, 2012 to 2016, I was playing uh, 150 to $300 buying events yeah. primarily. 
And uh, I mean, if you go look at my hand, and there's just a slew of of yeah. of first places during that time. I definitely grinded those out. I started building a little reputation for myself. However, I still hadn't hit any big scores, and I probably demolished a lot of my bankroll firing MSPTs at that point. Right? Yeah, I guess that's what, so. It's like you were clearly. A, a winning player, you're a good player, but like financially speaking, you weren't like I shot took a little too much. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So with my bankroll, I shot took a little too much, definitely. Um, but again, I had other sources of income, so I was never like on the streets, right? Correct. Yeah, and I think that's important too. It's like yeah, it, it doesn't make it right, but it's it was a something I could learn from. It's yeah, and it's it makes it a little bit, it makes it a lot better in the sense that like. When, I, yeah. when you and we talked about it in our other episode, like when you're managing a bankroll, that's it's more of a thing. If you're doing this full time, you have to you you absolutely have to manage it. Whereas like if you have sources of income, yeah. And this is a full disclosure episode. I want people to understand because I get a lot of people that come up to me and be like, "Oh my gosh, you won this much money! Oh my gosh, you won this much money!" And it's just like the first thing I tell almost everybody who comes up to me and says that is like, "Hey." It's not as glorious as it looks. Oh, it absolutely is. There's a lot of slamming the desks, throwing the computer at my window, punching bums on the street. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that. Didn't say- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would never do that. But um, I just wanted to get a reaction out of U.S. <laughs> Anyways, um, 2016, I fired up the Cheap and Deep. Uh, I think it was their inaugural Cheap and, Cheap and Deep, if I remember correctly. Sure. Um, we got to the final table. My first big final table was like 30K up top or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I was like sixth or seventh in chips and someone raised the idea. They're like, you guys want to chop the whole like nine handed chop and everybody gets 10K or something like that with what was remaining in the prize pool. Yeah. And I had never had a 10K score or five figure score at this point. Everybody raised their hand, but I didn't. That's amazing. I didn't raise my hand. I was like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to like yeah, make I'm it happen. Gonna do here. this or die. I was hungry, and that was the. Yeah. Ma- but then all of a sudden, the kid to my right looked at me, and he goes, "I'll give you a thousand dollars out of my 10k if you take it. If you chop right now." Wow. And I was like, "I'll get the most money with like the six biggest stack." I was like, "All right," threw my yeah. hand up, got 11k, got out of there. So wow. Yeah. That's. I mean. Yeah, I'm a negotiator, Wes. It's just what. It yeah. <laughs> Maybe real incredible. estate plays into that a little bit. I'd have to do that a lot in real estate. So it probably does. Um, so 2016 was a really good year for me. I ended up doing decent in MSPTs and actually won my first and only MSPT late. I make sure it might have been 2017. Um, I think it was 17. 2017. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's still quite some time ago now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between, you know, in 2016, 17, I started playing more MSPTs. Um, I would sell action only to my parents. So they had 20% of everything I played. Yeah. And they were about That's it. That's cool. Yeah, they had fun. You know, they they supported me throughout all of my poker days, right? They I never had to hide anything from them. They would buy action. They'd make money off it. I sold them 20% of my MSPT Meskwaki in 2017. Yeah. And that was like 90K. And I won it for 90K. And... I was elated. I remember they streamed the poker table. My whole family got to watch the final table. My friends got to watch it. And I felt like I played incredibly, right? I just scooped through that. I think I won one crucial flip that kind of like put me in a spot to close it. And I did. How did, how did that feel afterwards? Like, I felt like I was the best poker player in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, did, you're probably top five. Yeah. I didn't check myself hard enough. Right. Like I'm always been a humble person. I won't go and tell everybody I'm the best, but I felt incredible. I felt like a lot of the work I had, 
um, put into poker had started paying off at this point. Again, I still wasn't theoretically uh, str- like what's the word for it? I wasn't theoretically like strong at that point in my career. Like I just was pretty tight. I kind of tightened my game a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially later in tournaments. I'd be a little bit looser to try and build it and then play tighter later in stages of tournaments. Um, I ended up the next year after, so 2018 going on the biggest downswing in my life right after hitting yeah. that MSPT. Well, and, and one quick question, you had another very deep MSPT run, Either that, like before that downswing. I don't know. If oh it yeah, was I didn't bef- bring that up. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. So before I won my uh, my MSPT that same year, earlier in 2017, if I remember correctly, I went out to the Venetian uh, during the World Series of Poker. I think it was. Kay. I think it was during the World Series of Poker. I know they run them during. Yeah, it yeah. might have been even before it. Um, it's anyways. It was a eleven hundred dollar buy-in, three three point five million dollar guarantee. Wow. It, it had around 3,500 entries. Okay. And um, and how much was up top? Was it close to half a million? Almost a half a million dollars, like 460 or something like that. Yeah. I ended up, uh, we, we had 15 left. I was probably third in chips. Yeah. It's it a was, great spot. To yeah. Be. I remember getting lucky quite a few times up to that point as well. Like it wasn't smooth sailing. I got it in bad a couple of times. Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. You um, got to have a couple of those. Got lucky. But then... I remember uh, a player under the gun goes all in with a shorter stack. I don't remember the the details too well at this point, but I flatted it as a trap and got and you, had, the, and you had aces and I had pocket aces. Yep. I got the big blind to come along. Long story short, he flopped trips and I got it all in versus him as well, oh. and ended up just decimating my stack at that point. So I went into the the final table. I think eight of nine or nine of nine. Mm-hmm. I think I got eighth or ninth in that tournament. I think you've ninth is what you told me. I think ninth is right. So yeah, I ended up um, for twelve big blinds folds being the cutoff with King Queeno. I ended up jamming it, uh, and to my direct left was Jacob Balsiger, who got third in the twenty twelve WSOP main event. Yep, the year Merson won it. Yep. God, I love watching the main event. (laughs) I'm about to go on a tangent, but anyways, um, he called off with Ace Jack uh, suited, and we ended up busting there for like 42 grand so that was my biggest score at the time yeah so that's got to be it's sort of weird because like that had to feel great in a sense like it was your biggest score and Mm -hmm. also there's got to be some disappointment that you feel like you could have just had a huge six-figure score too yeah and so well exactly so maybe an hour after i busted they chopped it like four or five ways for like well over six figures each yeah like i'm almost 200k each or something like that so that was bittersweet obviously at that point and you know what i really got ahead of myself because at this point i was really feeling like a strong player because in 2016 in the fall i won the running aces turkey tournament yeah well i think uh that's both of these trophies are on the right over here yeah that big beautiful trophy up there so that i won for 22 grand outright no Mm -hmm. chop and that's your picture on hendon that's my picture on hendon if you go see that yeah back when i wore glasses and stuff before i got lasik (laughs) uh that was a huge turning point in my career right so i won 10 or 11k in the cheap and deep then win and won then went and won the turkey tournament at running aces and then Final tabled the biggest MSPT ever at the time, mm-hmm. and then won the MSPT all within like a year and a half. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that was like, I was on top of the world, felt like I was playing incredibly, and then I went on the biggest downswing in my career. That'll happen. So yeah. That's, so now we're 2018. We're 2018. I'm. I got a big bankroll. 
I'm traveling everywhere. I'm playing everything and I'm getting zero results. If there are any results, they're main caches. I had no significant results. Uh, was it, and so the progression to like, obviously it's normal to, to lose, to do some, you know, have losses in poker tournaments. And I'm sure at the beginning of this downswing, you still felt great and the losses didn't really hurt. Oh, almost all the way through 2018, I still felt great because I still had a great bankroll, but I was not having any results at all, right? Yeah. Um, at this point, I, you know, thankfully with my MSPT earnings, I invested a lot. I paid off my school, paid off my car, and I bought a house. Yeah, there you go. Um, or put a, a down payment. Down yeah, payment, yeah, yeah. right. So, um, yeah. So, and that, you know, that... Buying that house was the best financial decision in my life to this point. Now I'm using it as a rental and it's got, you know, I got income coming from that monthly. So that was, I was thankful to take that score and not just blast it on poker right away. I invested it. Yeah. That's important to do. Yeah. Definitely want to mention that. So make sure if you guys are ever hitting big scores out there, take a chunk of that and invest it for your future. Yeah. Um, it, it pays dividends later in life for sure. So thankful for Quite literally. Yeah. And I'm very thankful because like, you know. Those houses, especially when I bought in 2016, I bought that house for 200K and now it's worth 340K, right? And I paid down a bunch of equity on it. So anyways, um, a bunch of equity there. Back to the downswing. I don't, I I had a couple, I think I had an MSPT final table somewhere in there. I was having okay results playing on Ignition and ACR at that point. Okay. Um, And then both online and live kind of at the same time, I just couldn't do anything for almost two years. Yeah, that that's rough. It I mean, was rough. I just could not hit a, sco- a big score to save my life. I felt like I was burned out at this point. And you know what I think a, like attributed to that was I hit my goal. You, you you had decided you really wanted to win an MSPT. Yeah, and then you did, and you just I, that that you was didn't my, know what to do. I in didn't. A sense. I mean, yeah, I didn't set a next higher goal at that point. I did like think I want. Oh, I'm going to win another one, or I'm going to win a bracelet. I'm the best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I s- kind of laid back on the things that I enjoyed most, which was watching and learning, talking, poker, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. studying. So I went on a pretty big downswing for those couple of years. And then COVID hit. I, am, I final tabled another MSPT in at the beginning, I think right before COVID happened or right before they closed tournaments. Okay. Could have been right after as well. I remember in the final table picture, I was wearing a mask. It must have been after, because I don't think people wore the masks yeah, before maybe. then. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. I think it was like late 2020 then. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Maybe it was Riverside or something like that. No, you know what? Well, I, I, I remember we... <laughs> okay, robot. <laughs> yeah. It was... I think it was Grand Falls, because I remember we looked it up. It was Grand Falls. Yeah, you're right. Because you, you did Final Table Riverside more recently. Though, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I don't... N- I really didn't know where I stood in terms of being a good poker player at this point in my career. I was like, I was very down. I hadn't had significant scores after just crushing, you know what I mean? After just absolutely crushing. So I went on this massive downswing. Then 20, or post-COVID came along and uh, I met you. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sick. You and me met. And, you know, I had a few decent results before I met you. But after I met you... Um, I found that passion again because you kind of, you know, this being straightforward with you, like you helped me bring my thought process to a new level. Like I started exploring new areas of the games of the game that I had never been a part of, like the theory side of things, like 
really diving into ranges from positions, playing sizes, three betting properly, playing game selections. Like there's so much to it, right? So you kind of invigorated that that love of the game for me in a way that I hadn't had since I won my MSPT. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I, think I, I don't think I've ever told you that. I don't think you've, you definitely have not said that. You, you know, you've said that I've made you think of more theory-related stuff. Right, yeah, no, but you, you definitely... It's nice to hear. Yeah, you've definitely helped me bring the hunger back. And um, and by the way, guys, I know we've mentioned this before, Wes does coaching, so... <laughs> a I do coaching. Yeah, yeah, a little plug for him. He uh, has helped not only me, but a bunch of other people uh, really open their game up. So I'm thankful for you for that, Wes. 2023 came along, and bam, like... Yeah, well, yeah, seriously. So, I mean... I remember we sat next to each other at the Avalanche. We decided to go to Colorado for the MSPT. At the beginning of 2023, yep. So yeah. Avalanche, I, I, we both cashed it. Yep. I asked you, I was like, hey, I'm going to Colorado uh, for the MSPT. This is early January 2023, or later January 2023. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and snowboard, but I have a room, a free room, if you want to chop it up and drive with me out there. So being the psychopath I am, I invited this complete stranger on like a 13-hour drive yeah, with me. Yeah, we literally drove it uh, with with all the stops and stuff, we probably spent like each way 15 or 16 hours in the car cuz you know, we like stopped and took a nap yeah. in the car. Yeah, and- yeah. So it was it ended up being super cool. You we had talked a bunch and got to know each other a ton. Um we ended, you introduced me to the poker guys that week. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. Who we had in our podcast recently interviewing them. That's when I first found out about them. And then I ended up getting fourth in that tournament. You did, yeah. And I know we were talking about swaps earlier. I can't believe we didn't swap that one because, yeah, you, you, had, uh, you fired one bullet. You went snowboarding the next day. You had a great time. You got fourth. And I played every day one, and I busted, I think, four bullets in that one. And Do you remember, like, right when we got there, you we both fired a satellite because, like... Yeah. And yes, you got sent over driven, or something? Oh, this is a crazy... We, we drove from 6 p.m. the night before and got there at, like, 9 or 10 in the morning. And That sounds about right. Yeah. And... Our room wasn't ready. Our room wasn't going to be ready for a few hours, and so there's a satellite... And, which we played, and I actually got set over set it on like the first hand, but then I rebought and I, I did qualify, so I got in cheap for my first bullet at least. But we were so dead tight. We each probably had slept like two hours, and we. And I yeah, I remember I took most of the driving on just because that's kind of my style. Like I like yeah, I I, I kind of like hate being on the passenger just because I'm probably scared or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, that was. I mean, that was kind of insane in itself. Like we had just driven. 15 hours and barely slept and then we just hop right in this satellite yeah. and then uh, i think we neither one of us qualified no i did i did well you you did but you busted oh right yeah away. i yeah i busted right away and then i set over set remember i was like you got a set don't you us and you're like yeah and then the, other and guy, then the guy just over. has top set <laughs> i was like oh man that's brutal i ended up only firing one time didn't get it but then i fired the main later that day yep and bagged and- piles i think yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember. I don't remember what you bagged exactly. Somewhere between one eighty and two twenty, I think. That sounds right. Which is probably good for forty-ish bigs or fifty-ish, sixty-ish bigs, something like that. Yeah. Well, you know what I remember is on day two, right before the money, you texted me. You got it in somehow, like tens against queen eight suited, and you're like, <gasps> "Oh, he flopped an eight. And this then guy, you- everybody, like, prefaced this. This guy was a maniac. He was a maniac with a ton of chips, and we were stone bubble 
Yeah. Like, or maybe just before. Was it Stone Bubble? I don't remember which one, but I remember this is when I got a taste for your your little flair because you texted me, got it in Queen tens against Queen Eight, flop like Ace Eight something. Turn queen and you send like a sad face, and then oh, you, yeah. you you wait a minute and you said river ten, <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> and it was kind of smooth sailing from there. I just ended up I was like chip leading for like from like top twenty all the way down to the final table. Like mm-hmm. it just was running super good. Um, I was running super good. Got to the final table with heaps. Uh, got down to four. Was had ha- almost half the chips in play. Mm-hmm. Homeboy offers a chop. Me being the the greedy bastard I am, denied the chop. Yeah. At this point, when it was four-handed, if you had done an ICM chop, you would have gotten how you know over a hundred k easily. Well, well but. over. Yeah, yeah. And I said no, I didn't chop. Then proceeded to double that same person up, and then right after I doubled him up, I ran ace king into his aces. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, because I remember I was watching at that point, and yeah, yeah, that was too bad. You you know, you still cashed for what fifty seven seven fifty seven. That was you know, even though I went out fourth, I had no no regrets, <laughs> no <laughs> regrets. I had one of my best friends, David Gagne, at the table with me I, in the final four with me, and we were all just battling. It was you know, no soft play like we're here for blood. It was sick. I even re- rejected the chop with him. I probably would have chopped with him eventually if it, if you two were heads up. Yeah, maybe, maybe then, but. Um, that was a super, super fun time. He ended up getting third. I got fourth. So that started off 2023 with a bang. All of a sudden, yep. I had a roll. Uh, yeah, I had a roll. We came. I'm trying to think what happened. You introduced me to global poker right after that. Yeah. I got into global poker and started having good results immediately on global. Um, I won. They have a tournament called the Super. So they have two nightly tournaments. They have the 99 and the 218 that I would grind. There's a lot more than two, but those are the two that I would grind. The 99, uh, $12,500 guarantee and the 218, 15K guarantee. Um, It's usually like 3,500 and then like 4,500 up top on, you know, for those two. Um, I ended up shipping them both uh, and then shipping the, the $99 super multiple times. So that was really your tournament. Yeah. I just, and then, I remember that specifically cause I, I don't think I've even to this day finished top three in it. Really? That tournament has cost me about as much as I paid for my car. So <laughs> that's sick. And I think I've won it like four or five times. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I've got second in it like three times, you know, then I ended up, I, how many final, t- I got three final tables in 2023, if I remember correctly, or was it what? MSPTs. I think you had two MSPTs. Two MSPT final tables and then like two or three top 15 finishes. Yeah. You definitely had some other where you were at the final two tables. Um, I mean, then you had the circuit ring. You know, you had like, not the ring, but you got like we went a couple to the, final tables. We went to the circuit. I final tabled the circuit main um, in Council Bluffs. We went out to Vegas and uh, Wes and I and a couple of friends played uh, – a bunch of shit out there. That was a super. That was a ton of fun. Wes. That's when Wes ended up uh, binking third Oof. in the Gladiator for 210k. I had a bunch of online success at that time. I was actually doing good online and live. So I was. We were playing. I don't even remember. I just. I was. I didn't have any big scores, but I cashed a ton of events. So mm-hmm. it was like a bunch of caches. So it ended up being a decent summer for me. I didn't lose any money. Yeah. Anytime you don't lose money, the World Series. It's a good summer. 
And then if you win 210K, I mean, I, I wouldn't know what it's like to lose at the World <laughs> Series. Well, that's yeah, because you've only played one, right? <laughs> Three. Oh, is this your third? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, that, I'm probably jinxing myself in this year. I'm just going to get dusted. Speaking but. of which, tomorrow, word on the street is tomorrow, the World Series of Poker uh, schedule for 2024 is coming out. Yeah, which means if you're listening to this the day it comes out, it might be coming out today as you're listening. Yeah, and... If that's the case, you guys are going to get an in-depth schedule preview from Wes and I next week, and I'm really looking forward to doing that episode. That'll be fun. I get all giddy. You know what I mean? Oh, there's nothing like being out at the World Series and just yeah. where, where it's like the only thing you can do is poke. Not literally, but it's like the reason you're here is to play these tournaments. It's summer camp, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we play tournaments all day. You go back to the pool. You sit. You play tournaments all day. You go have a you know, a burger and a beer with your friend. Like I don't party or do too much, but I will go and enjoy some really nice restaurants while I'm out there. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing to do besides play poker out there is I think I, I've told people I like three things about Vegas and it's the poker, the food, and then the view when you're like, yeah, up high in a hotel <clears throat> and you can yeah. look at the whole strip. I got to play some golf with my friends out there. I mean, it's just the dream, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Anyways, to end 2023, I ended up winning uh, event one of the U.S. Poker Open on Global as well. Yep. Um, so that got me kind of just fired up to finish the year strong. I don't think I had any scores after that, if I can remember correctly. I don't remember that what month that was. That was later in the year. That was that was still like it wasn't that late, but I don't remember exactly. Okay. So yeah, and then I just continued doing well in dailies and stuff like that. And that pretty much leads up to today. I don't, there's probably, you know, some other stories in there that I'm missing, but that's kind of like the gist of it. You know, I went, I had, you know, a huge 2016, 2017, went on a pretty big downswing in between then. Um, You helped reinvigorate my game after I reached my top goal. And now I have new goals and a new hunger and I'm back and I'm ready. You know, so what, uh, whether it's for this year or just a general goal, like what would you say some of your poker goals are now? Yeah, I know we've gone over this in our New Year's resolution um, mm-hmm. episode, which you can find, you know, from earlier January. I'm not going to set a monetary goal for this year. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest goals is complete keeping track completely of of not only my poker results but my expenses along with it and really see really dial in where i can cut things back where i can make money and really get an edge into that side of things yeah um i had already done it live but i'm going to do it online as well now yeah um what other goals did i have for that uh I mean, there's just a ton of them study daily with you we've been mark we've been marking hands down and and uh and reviewing them and i i know we've both been on vacation a lot lately so that's something we'll have to kind of get back into also and I, it's funny i didn't bring this up in our story suited king's poker man yeah it's so we you know this it was right before the summer of 2023 the world series of poker wes and i are at one of the stop mini stops we had that year and he's like we should we should make a poker podcast yeah. michigan i remember it was michigan. was it michigan Firekeepers? Yeah. um i Never thought I'd be a poker podcaster or a podcaster in general. I have a history. Like one of my many hobbies is music production. Mm-hmm. I'm in an electronic band, Laserblade. You can find us on Spotify if you want to check that out. Um, but I have. I'm the producer, so like I have all the tools and a home studio already. And I was like, you know what? I have everything we need to do a podcast. We don't have to buy nothing. 
like we can get in there and uh, let's just start ripping at it. So we let the summer go by. And then right after the summer, we just started getting after it every single week. Mm -hmm. And now our goals for this year is to grow it to all new levels. Yeah. And we have a ton of content and ideas that are going to help do that. And we're really looking forward to bringing them to you, including bringing short video formats that you can watch quickly to kind of pump yourself up, get you prepared. Um, those yeah. won't be too long. Those are, aren't too far out. So that's kind of where we'll be heading from there. Um, yeah. And then I guess at this point right now, my plans are looking like I just got married, got done with the honeymoon. I'm back on the grizzly grind on global trying to find me a Grizzly trophy. Uh, the World Series of Poker schedule comes out tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm going to be digging into that and getting my summer plans prepared. And then we got Riverside and I think Running Aces before that for MSPTs. We do, we do. There will be another Canterbury thing in May, I believe. Um, there's a Grand Falls MSPT. Yeah, I don't miss any of the Iowa ones. They're just too good and too close. Yeah, yeah, that's... Sounds great. That's my poker story, Wes. What do you think? I love it. I, I really did like hearing about it's so different how we got into it. And, you know, obviously, we both played like for fun at low stakes early on, but you had such a different sort of introduction to the game than I did. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I really, it took me until, so I'm 37 now. Um, for those who are struggling with like bankroll management and feeling like they're just like, not to where they want to be financially or and stuff like that. If you're older, too bad. You know, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's never too late. But it took me, you know, for the young folks specifically, like I, I really went through some big learning lessons in my early 20s. And then as I approached 30, I started, you know, growing up a little bit. And now I'm in a whole different part of my life. I'm financially responsible. I'm married. I have, you know, I have investments. You'll get there if you just keep your eyes, you know, focused on, growing each day that's an important thing to say yeah and i i can kind of see you know hearing this how you can view my story as like such a smooth sail yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying because man. like for me i'm like with any especially poker it's like poker is never actually smooth but um yeah for me i i did sort of do it differently where i had sort of a traditional full-time job just played poker mostly responsibly and then sort of built it up and waited for that big score. You know, it, it was a lot more of a, a smooth sale. And, uh, but it, it, it's cool to hear your story and, you know. Well, I it, hope it, that when that, you know, because, uh, you know, downswings and stuff like that are inevitable. So I hope that, you know, if you or anyone else who's listening is on a downswing or experiences one in the future that you can, as long as you take the proper steps, you know, take a step back work on your game, maybe lower your volume or lower, lower your buy-ins, don't shot take as much, you'll get right back on track if you stick to it. Yeah, I think, yeah, just focusing on doing the right things, the process, playing well. I think uh, one thing that everyone can relate to is like having that vision of the glory. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you if you think too much about that, it can kind of you know, your expectations can be so high that reality can seem so disappointing. But if you, you know, if you just enjoy actually doing things and going through the process and enjoy that, then just take the results that, that come from it. I do now. And you know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I, again, I, I reestablished that love for poker a couple of years ago now, or, you know, a year and a half ago now. And it's, 
it feels great. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. Suited Kings also helps me, like the community we're building here. Um, everybody's involved. Everybody's a part of it just as much as we are. You know what I mean? So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, you know, and hearing my story out, Wes's story out. Um, we'll get back into the strategy in future, future episodes. But our goal with this was just to kind of give you guys a taste of what it's been like for us so far and hope that if you relate with it, you can maybe learn from it as well. Yeah. Well said. Thanks, man. Well, Wes, you have a tournament to get to here uh, not too long from now in a couple hours. Yeah. Do you want to give a just a, give me a teaser of what you're going to... So it's a it's the tag the team tag event team tonight. Event. Yeah. You and Paul Carney are going to tag up. Paul Carney. I think this is our sixth time doing it. You guys have a history of dressing up. Yep. The le- we've cashed the last three times, but we're definitely still down over the five. They haven't been... We haven't final tabled or anything, but... Give us a today's the give day. us a, a hint of what your costume is going to be. You guys always have a, like a matching costume. Just give us a hint. Let me just put it this way: this town ain't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> I love it, man. All right, guys. Good luck at the Winter Poker Classic if you're a Minnesota player and playing that. Good luck to everybody else on whatever grind you're on. We will see you guys next week, hopefully with the World Series of Poker schedule episode diving into that. So until next time, Wes. Until next time, talk to you guys soon.